Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary trainer, the great Teddy Atlas. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by 10,000, maker of the greatest sports shirts, shorts on earth. They come in three styles, a great fit, made by athletes with over 2,000 five-star reviews. They've got a 30-day return policy, buy a pair of shorts, try them out. If you don't like them, send them back. They'll give you your money. Look, they're terrific. They feel good. Uh, you can do what you're supposed to do in athletic shorts, work out. You're supposed to be able to do that. Uh, obviously, I haven't been doing enough of that recently, but they're versatile. I talk about fighters being versatile. You know that they can do different things. Well, you can you can wear them. You can go and work out. You can play a game of basketball, whatever you want to do, racquetball, whatever you want in them. Move around. They're not restrictive. And then if you don't feel like going home first, and uh, you know you're not smelling too bad, you know mm-hmm. you can go out. You can go out. You throw on a new t-shirt. You do have to change the t-shirt. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Got to change the t-shirt. But then you leave the shorts on. They look good enough to go out to a place where. You, They'll let you come in. It's good. I like them. Check out an exclusive discount code at 10,000.cc slash the fight for exclusive discount uh, to listeners of this show. Teddy, how are you? Good. Good to be with you, as always. I'm doing better. I'm with you. Uh, what could be better? I agree. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to cover today. Um, it's been a while since we've recorded a show, so let's jump into it. First with the uh, Andrew Cancio-Alberto Machado fight. I was there in um, Indio with Andrew and his team the day of the fight. We got some awesome footage that hopefully we'll be able to share with the listeners in the coming week or two. Um, fight went pretty much exactly as you described. Maybe Andrew got him out of there a little bit earlier than we had both anticipated. Um, Machado came into the weigh-in looking very drawn, struggled to make weight, he said the first time. Looks like he struggled to make it again. He looked he looked very, very weak and tired at the weigh-in. It looked the same way in the ring. What would you see? We don't have a machine you know, an x-ray machine, CAT scan type machine to see what he really looked where it counts inside. But we did by what happened. He was he was ready to be broken on the inside, which is why I picked him to, why I thought he would lose again. And maybe in, a, in some ways, maybe quicker, uh, I don't know if I stated it, but maybe in some ways even in a more... Just in a more destructive way, or it might come to a collapse quicker than the first one because he wasn't sure if he could handle. He didn't have that tune-up. He didn't have that confidence better the old timers would believe in to let the fighter know if he's okay after not being okay. And one of the comparisons you made, I'm sorry, I meant to add in um, Roman Chocolatito when he um, lost to. Um, Ringvise, the, the Thailand fighter, the Thai fighter. Um, you mentioned in the preview to this fight that he wasn't given a tune-up as well, and he got beat in the first fight in an upset, and was asked to go in there and do the same thing again with the same result, maybe even yeah. a little more convincing the second time, which is exactly what happened, and even more so, exactly, Ken. But see, again, it's the it's you look at the outside. He's dry. He's he's drawn. He's his. Skin tone is grayish. It's it's not the right color. You could do all that, and um, but the way things are nowadays, they do have time to replenish themselves usually, because the way ins the day before, 
but get electrolytes, get the nutriment you need to get back into you and to hydrate again and all those things. But it it wasn't the power on the outside. It was the power on the inside. You know, that, again, he didn't know, he being Machado, the former champion, if he would be okay. He had nothing to tell me would be okay, and he'd never been down this road before. That's why when we so decisively I went with Concio, because Concio's been there before. He knew he could rely on himself. You know, we talk about these talents about, you know, endurance and speed and quick twitch fiber muscles and who's got them and, you know, the, the fleetness of foot and elusive abilities and, you know, all those things. What about the trait? What about the talent? What about the ability of dependability? I mean, isn't that what we all look for? Isn't that what we all hope our children can be? Isn't that what if you're an employer, you look for an employee, you know, before you look at their masters and, you know, what your GED was and everything else? Are you dependable? Can I get a sense that this guy is dependable? That's what I'm looking for. And that's what it was for me, why I was so convinced it would go this way because Concio already showed he's dependable. The other guy hadn't. I'm not knocking the guy. I mean, he might be the greatest human being in the world. I'm not knocking him in, in those sort of ways or, or as a father or as a husband or as a, a friend. I'm just saying in what we're talking about, he, was, he did not know if he could depend on himself. Uh, he didn't know. You could put that a little low because it's popping in my ears now. So stop trying to be an engineer. Be a talk show host. Just be a talk show host, <laughs> not an engineer. That that is not that is not the capacity for you. That is not the place you should go. Stay away from there, please. Please <laughs> keep them away from there, please. All right, I have echoes a little bit now, but um, put that a little lower if you can, because I'm. It's it was good the way it was before. Uh, apparently, I'm a little deaf tone, and it works for me. Uh, you're younger, you're more vibrant, and uh, you don't need help. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm good. Again, that trait of knowing that somebody can overcome. He knew, Concio knew he could overcome. And again, he, he to a certain extent, the first round, Machado won. Machado won, and as far as the exes and goals, it's, far as the strategy, as far as the physicality of it, geography. I say it all the time on ESPN for 22 years when I was broadcasting the fights. And, I say, and I'm saying it here. Uh, geography. Who figures out their physical assets and what the geography that makes sense for those physical assets are? And for Machado, longer, taller, the outside. He controlled the outside the first round. But then Cancio knocked at the door. <laughs> oh yeah! Knocked at the door with the body shot, with the pressure, just just an attitude that you know you're you're not yelling from the living room and say no, I don't want anything today. You know how some people you <laughs> do that. You know you don't even go to the door. I don't want anything today. It's all right, go away. But no, not this one. This one banged at the door. No, open the door. Mm -hmm. I ain't going away. I'm making my sale. I'm making my sale. And he made a sale. 
He almost seemed to pick it up in the second. He got cut with a punch on his on his right eye, and on his left eye, he got headbutted. He had two cuts, one over and one under the eye. We spent some time with him after the fight. He was all busted up, but it almost seemed to light a fire under his ass. When he got those cuts, he really started to pick it up and then close the show. He understands urgency. He understands where he's been. He's been there. He's been in those dark places, in those caves, where there's no light. He doesn't want to be there no more. Yep. This other guy hasn't been. He hasn't been. And it looked like that. I mean, one guy was clearly like confident and in control. One guy knew how to behave. The other guy didn't know how to behave yeah, yeah. when the moment came. Yep. And um, so for me, that was, that, and thank you for bringing it up. And I was using as a, as a, there's always a precedent for these things. And if you look and you know what you're looking for, I used as an example, Chocolito. You know, Chocolito, of course, did a lot. I mean, this guy was a, great champion, all the fights that he had. Um, obviously, he had much more of a history and track record in this sport than Machado. Machado had just become champion, but he hadn't been tested like Chocolito. He hadn't been no. But the comparison was that Chocolito, undefeated, world champion, he gets beat, and he gets beat by the fighter that, you know, you went to college. Ring Vise? Uh, you ring, better ring, have it right. Ring, I mean, ring Vise? With all those diplomas. Ring Vise. Up in your walls <laughs> and everything. And he, so he goes to the Thailand fighter. Mm-hmm. Love Albert. I, he listens <laughs> to our podcast. And uh, he's, he's going to be screaming, Teddy, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't say the Thai fighter. Ring Vise. You have to pronounce his name. You can't <laughs> take the easy way out. But... I have you. Yep. Love, I have Ken. And you and Chocolito, uh in the rematch, the same thing. That he didn't have that confidence builder to let him know I'm okay. The last he was, he he wasn't okay. He had gotten beaten. Uh he he wasn't sure if he could handle this guy again. And I hate to use such simple terms, but sometimes that's what you need. The other guy was really hungry. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you you make money and you get to your level. And this guy was really hungry. And I think another part was Chocolito did everything he could in that first fight. It's not like he fought bad. Yeah. And now he's going into a second fight with this hungry guy. And this guy who had been, as I said, to the dark places. And this guy wasn't going back to them. And Chocolito got broken, I believe, in the second one, four rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got much quicker. So I saw the similarities. In between the second and third, it was interesting. Um, I heard um, Haas Janik, the Cantio's trainer, uh, say something to him about giving him instruction. And Andrew just looked at him and said, I got this. I got this. I can see he's already beat. And he came out and hit him with that Mexican liver shot to the left. He reminds me a lot of Mickey Ward, you know, working full time, throwing that body shot. He hit him just like a perfect uh, Mickey Ward left. Well, fighters get their signature punches. And that's a real good point by you. I would say Concio, if he had a signature punch now, it has been, and it kind of fits. It has become the left hook to the liver to the body. Uh, it kind of fits in. It kind of fits in with a history, where you've been, what, how you got there, um, what your travels have been. What I mean by that is, this is a veteran guy now, Concio, who's he's been beaten. He didn't give up on himself. You know, he's been down that 
that patchy road, you know, where nothing's handed to you. And that grind, that gritty road, what goes, it's almost like it, it goes with it. It's almost like sometimes, I know this is a little crazy, but you'll see some people walking with their dogs and they look like their dogs. I know what you mean. You, you see these people, they're walking down the street. You say, my God, I, I mean, I don't want to go up and tell them that, but you guys are a perfect couple. Yeah, hey, you look I mean, like your dog. You, you, you know, you, I mean, it's a beautiful dog, though. It's a handsome dog. And so it, it's like he developed what, he being Concio, what you would expect someone to develop having taken that path. Mm. That path, that gritty path that we're describing, that, that's there, it would be a left hook to the liver. That would, that would fit in. Yeah. That would make sense. You know, how do you come back from fights? He had to come back. How do you come back from behind? Hit a guy in the body. Not just catch him a miracle shot, a Hail Mary to the chin, hit him to the body. It'll get you back in the fight. So it fit, it fit right in, and our great producer here, Rob Moore, is on top of it as usual and giving us the pictures to go with it. Look at this shot. And, oh, yeah. you can and, feel it from here. And again, and again, no, and then a little delay. Yep. No accident because he knew where the elbow was, and that's the sweet science mm -hmm. too. You know, it, it's, it's not on a... It's not up on a pedestal where you see it with some things, but that's the sweet side. Just knowing that I'll go over a little bit further over to get outside the elbow, where otherwise the elbow will block it. And and that's vision. That's good eyes. See, that's what I talk about where you have good eyes, where you're calm enough to see the the landscape that you need to see. Yeah. Guys that aren't calm, they don't see that. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not there for them because yeah. they're excited. You also have Machado practically frozen with his earmuffs on, just waiting to get hit. It looked to me like he was just like, put me out of my misery. Because when he got up, he, he made the count and the ref, a couple people questioning the stoppage. But you could see in his face, he didn't want to continue. He didn't protest. You know, he was up in time, but the ref was like, no, nah, you don't want to fight. You know, it's, it's interesting. We're going to get into some of these controversial stoppages in a minute because there's no shortage of them. But real quick, um, we spent a lot of time with Andrew. He's such a nice kid. I mean, I really love this dude. And um, so I think he's going to um, – we're just talking, you and I here, right? No one else can hear us. Uh, I think he's going to – I hope fight. people can hear us. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I think he's going to fight uh, Jojo Diaz in a rematch on the Canelo undercard is what I'm hearing through the grapevine. Be a good fight for him. I know he really wants to um, get that one back. And Jojo Diaz wants to fight him again. Has called him out. So those two guys will scrappy guys. That will be a good battle on that uh, Canelo undercard. And again, that fight fits in to what should be the resume and will be the resume if the fight takes place of Acancio. Redemption. Mm -hmm. Fits right in. Getting revenge. Redemption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's what his story is about. That's what makes Cancio so beautiful. Uh, you know, besides the nobleness that he shares with his fraternity of brothers that do this for a living, that they get in that sport. And unlike the people who, admi who administrate this sport, who, who are terrible people sometimes, they show their nobleness. They get in there. They're willing to put it on the line. You know, no BS, no advantages, no just you and me. You know, no, no privilege, no you and me. Who's better? Who's better? Who's better? You know, and 
this fits right in with a kid like Hanzo from the path that he's taken, that redemption. I want to I wanna rectify what went wrong in my career when I lost, where it took me to a place. In some ways, it took him to this place because it took him to the edge of darkness. It took him to, do I go off the edge or do I work my way back? Yeah. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How many years been in that place, you know? You don't have to go off the edge. What am I going to do? Sometimes it's the best thing that happened to you. You think it's the worst thing that happened to you, that loss, you know, that defeat, you know, that disappointment and whatever it is in your life. That doesn't have to be in the ring, obviously. We talk about that all the time. But it can actually be an opportunity. An opportunity for you to revisit things. An opportunity to make adjustments in your life. An opportunity to make changes. An opportunity to explore something you never explored before in a deeper way. To find out who the hell you are and what the hell you're going to be. And maybe you were just drifting before. An opportunity to make a decision not to drift anymore. To go exactly where you need to go. A boot in the ass, so to speak. And, yeah, remember that. And it's important because, you know, we say it from the day we started this podcast that fighting is life. Everyone's in a fight. Everyone's in a fight. What are you fighting for? That's all. That's the only thing that separates it. And Concio, you know, he got that boot in ass. He got that, that walk to that dark place, to that edge where he had to make a decision. He had to make a choice. He was forced to make it. Sometimes you get in a comfort zone. You get in a place where that's all you expect from yourself. Then you get to a place like that, and now you have to know what can you expect from yourself? What should you expect from yourself? What will you do? You know, so Concio's a great story, and that's why he's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Interesting side note regarding that fight before we leave that one. Um, I had the chance to sit down and have lunch with um, Jamel Herring at the um, the day of the uh, Tyson. Another great story. Yep. An, uh, the day of the Tyson Fury uh, fight too. in Vegas. We spent about an hour together, and he said uh, – he, I told him I'm friendly with Andrew, and he said, "Tell Andrew I said good luck in his fight. I'd love to see him win. I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to get a fight against him. Maybe we can unify these titles." And my first reaction was like, "Oh, I don't want to see these two guys fight. Although I think it would be a good fight. I'd hate to see either one of them lose. They're both such nice guys. Both have great stories. Uh, great story. Great person. And um, uh, we're finished. We'll go to the next one. Mm-hmm. I'll finish with this. This makes me. This makes me right away reminds me of." Two very important things that doesn't get enough, and I'm going to make sure it gets enough light. Um, you. Uh, you you already helped somebody win the heavyweight title by making sure that they loosened up in yeah, the ring. Andy Ruiz. Yep. And here you're ready to put on a matchmaker hat yep. and, and make a match that otherwise these people out there, these incompetent buffoons that are out there <laughs> running this business – uh, would would never would never come to them to make mm-hmm. just uh, just to be a witness to your developing in these areas at early stages is just a just a pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you for the recognition. It was nice of the hall to recognize me on the Andy Ruiz win. Um, 
Next up, I want to talk to you about the um, Charlo and um, Charlo Brandon, Brandon Adams fight. Um, I'm surprised at Brandon Adams' durability. I was surprised Charlo couldn't have got him out of there close, uh, short in a short inside the distance. The over under was three and a half rounds. Um, other than if that, they listened to this show, they went with the over. Yep. But go ahead. I'm sorry. So that that's all I have for you. Tell me what you saw in that one. I mean, it was. I think it's what we said when we, again, if we're wrong, we say we're wrong too, you know. But in this time, these cases, we happen to be lucky enough to be right, and um, we kind of caught it. I had caught Brandon Adams' fights uh, on ESPN when he was involved in a ESPN did a tournament. The promoter was Artie Palula. It was some years ago. And Brandon, I believe Brandon, I caught a few of his fights, and I believe he had gotten to the finals and lost to a more established boxer, Willie Monroe, I believe. If really? my mem- yeah, if my memory serves me correct. And it was, it was the right way to say it, a more polished boxer, because Brandon was a kid who, he came on the scene on ESPN in this tournament, and... He didn't have any amateur fights, or very little if he had any. And I thought he was a good piece of clay, you know, not knocking anyone, a good piece of clay, something, just to use an analogy. I'm not saying a human being is a piece of clay, but, you know, something to mold, something that was still pliable. And he had some talent. He had good instincts. He had some physicality. But my feeling was, as it was in that tournament on ESPN, he hadn't developed enough. There hadn't been enough time to work with the clay to get it to the level you wanted to get it to. That maybe it had the potential to get to, but without the amateur experience, you need, it was still a work in progress. And he didn't get a chance to get to that. And I didn't think in this fight he had developed to that point either. He had, if my memory serves me correct, I don't have his record in front of me, but he had lost a fight, he had been stopped, and he took three years off. That told me that mentally he wasn't at the place at that point in his life that he needed to be to be the complete fighter that you want somebody to be that has some ability to develop. Something went wrong. Mm. To be away for three years, something was wrong up here. Why is Warren connecting right? And before he went to that contender series that um that he fought recently and won, he was literally working full time at a and gym as Rob like a trainer. Up. And you can see the <clears throat> the period right there where your eyes are better than mine, especially when you put your glasses on, Ken, then they're really better because you know that <laughs> usually works that way. And yeah, well now <laughs> boy, it's a, this technology is amazing. Yeah, so he was he fought in May. May 22nd of 15 and didn't fight again until May 10th of 2018 after he suffered the um, TKO against John Thompson. So you you know that he wasn't right. You know, who knows what happened in his life. We didn't investigate it. First time he was ever stopped too. Yeah, but whatever, it could be personal things. It could have been outside influences, but it definitely could be that he's not thinking the way you want a fighter thinking as far as moving on with their career. He's at a crossroads at that point where he, he leaves the sport for three years, where he's not sure he wants to do this. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And 
So with all that, and then he got back, and I think he won four in a row. Mm -hmm. I believe that's what it was. I just didn't think he was developed enough with everything that I had said um, to be able to deal with a guy who had more amateur pedigree, who was more developed, who didn't have that inactivity, who didn't have that spot where he wasn't sure he was going to be a fighter. And I'm going to take the chance. I'm going to go out on a limb. With three years off, I'm going to take a chance that for for that three years, he wasn't sure he wanted to do this. He wasn't sure he could do this. Yeah, I think he was working at a gym as like yeah. a boxing instructor, like cardio boxing. So here's a guy that didn't have that void, mm -hmm. you know, didn't have that blank space and was always sure that he's going to be a champion, always sure that he's going to be him and his brother on this mission. So, and more developed Charlo. And again, it came down to geography, where Charlo, taller, longer, uh, the the skill sets serve him better on the outside, that if he could, if he could control the geography that that suited him, in the ways that I just described, on the outside because he's taller, he's faster, he's longer, he's suited for the outside where Adams needed to be inside. So as soon as you saw the battle of geography, you knew who was going to win. As soon as you saw who was controlling that geography, you knew that it was going that way. And sure enough, and I had said it on our show, that if it goes the way I think it will, and it should go, uh, in my mind, Charlo will control the geography of the outside where his physical assets will be better served in those places, and Adams will never get to the geography he needs to get to. He will try, but he will not have the ability to get there. And at the end of the day, it was, it was what we kind of figured would be uh, a pretty handy win, a pretty, I hate to use the word easy, but a, I would say a one-sided fight for Charlo. One-sided, but I was surprised that Charlo couldn't get him out of there, and I was surprised at how well Adams fought. I thought, I think his stock coming out of that fight is higher than it was going in for Adams, but I don't know where he goes from there. And one other interesting observation is they elevated Charlo prior to that fight to the full WBC champ. I think he might have had the regular WBC title when they when Canelo vacated for, um, I don't know, the Rumpelstiltskin title in the WBC, whatever the hell they call it, franchise belt, and we'll come back to that. But So now he's the WBC champ. I just think that he could have done a lot more in my opinion he could have looked a lot better and stopped him but it should be interesting to see where we go especially after his brother blasted um jorge coda uh sorry seha out of the um uh, sorry jorge coda he blasted him out of there and we're, we're going to talk to that about the controversial decisions with jay nady in that one but before we do let's just touch on the um demetrius andrade and uh selecki fight for the wbo uh middleweight title this fight went uh, almost exactly as you described it would. It seemed like Andrade, Andrade um, controlled the outside, made Selecki fight his fight. Selecki wanted to get kind of rough him up a little, it looked like, and Andre just kept him at a distance. At times, I, I found it to be a little bit boring. Um, I don't know. I, I, what'd you see there? What'd you think? The ability, I'm glad you used that word boring, and you're saying what you're, what you're seeing. Um, because it allows me to segue into that 
boring word you don't want to hear in an entertainment sport but that is part of what you get and i'm not even saying it in a negative way because you could say it with the great floyd mayweather too it part of his talent his being andrade is to not allow the other guy to fight his fight that's part of his ability yeah to to not allow you know he would be a camp scout's uh, worst nightmare because he never let you get that campfire started. Mm. He, he, but he did exactly what you described he was going to do. He made him fight his fight. He frustrated him all night, and it was just... You <sighs> can't get that fight started. You put those two sticks together, you've done that, right? You've been out in the, <laughs> in the wilderness there with the cougars and everything else. I'm not very good all, in the That always eat you when you're running. <laughs> and... And you with the sticks, and and you're just about to get a spark, and and all of a sudden it's all a. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Andrade does. Yep, he he doesn't allow you to get anything started. If you have some abilities, Selecki has some abilities. He showed that, and I even touched on that. He showed that with Jacobs, but Jacobs was a, you know, different kettle of fish, as mm-hmm. I put it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was more standard. Uh, you could show better with Jacobs, taking nothing away from Jacobs. The awkwardness, the unorthodox approach uh, of of Andrade does it, it plays different. It, it causes different dynamics in that ring. Different uh, creates different variables in that ring. And some of the variables that it creates in the ring is that again, it's mother's talent. It it takes the oxygen out of the room of talent. Of excitement, even to be quite frank with you, where he doesn't allow for exciting fights because he doesn't allow for combustion. He doesn't allow for your talent to get a running start. That's part of his ability. But what that, that he that he just distinguishes that, and uh, he he eliminates the opportunity to get started in, in some of those areas. And again, Floyd Mayweather, different. Guy, but some of the, nobody would say that he was one of the most exciting guys. He was an entertainer in a lot of areas, and he was a terrific fighter, terrific defensive fighter. But he took the oxygen out of the room. He took away what you did well. Mm-hmm. He he took the bat out of your hands like a great pitcher. You know, they they the, the you got a great hitter up there, maybe a great home run hitter, and he just just takes takes the bat out of his hands. There's an ability to that. And to a certain extent, not to the extent that Mayweather does it, but Andrade has some of that ability. And he doesn't make good fights because of it. But he's effective. But that's what I wanted to mention is that because of And that's why Triple G is not going to go near him. And and part of the reason is is you know, you can't get paid enough for that risk. You can't, you can, because he's not a guy that you're going to say, oh, uh, Saturday night, Andrade's fine. I got to, I, 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 let me mark that down, you know. And again, not knocking him because he's yep. undefeated and I, I take my hat off to him. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm not here for that. I'm here to state things as they are, hopefully. And, and, and sometimes to open a window of view that might not be opened. That's all. So, and I give him all the credit in the world for the efficiency and for the effectiveness that he's shown throughout his career. But that's why Triple G, he can have the excuse, and I'll break it down two ways. Triple G can have the excuse, Golovkin, of course, can have the excuse of saying, well, you know, you don't look good against him, you can't get paid right against him, but also you don't want to deal with that. 
Also, uh, there's a difficulty factor. And that's there. what I was going to say. Uh, uh, Why is he going to mess with that? You know, and and he's not. He he's probably not. I would say he's probably not. No, I don't think so. I'll venture. We're going to go into it later more, but I'm going to venture. I've been known sometimes to venture off of the road a little, just off some, script, a little off on on onto the road, off the road a little bit, and maybe into the bushes and, and a few places and get. Maybe even a few scratches from bushes do have, they have these things, these, these thorns and sometimes in the bushes and sometimes they, they scratch you. But I'm going to just venture just for a second and we'll go back to it later. Um, where I would see, I can actually see Triple G. A lot of people say no. And it's probably, it might not be no. But if he doesn't have the options there at middleweight, you know, or, or super middleweight. So he might go up to light heavyweight because I think that, and there's been talk about it, that uh, that Canelo may go to Kovalev to light heavyweight to fight to, to burn up some of that DAZN, that the zone money, and go up there and grab another title, which of course would be a big thing to put on your wall, you know, kind of like another head. You know, if you're a hunter, yep. and and to put that up and with DAZ and 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 with the zone, you know, uh, situation and partnership to to go to go there. Um, so he, there's talk about Canelo going to Kovalev, leaving middleweight and that whole area, going up to light heavyweight. I wouldn't be shocked if Triple G looked at his options where he is too and said, you know what. I follow him. I know nobody's talked about this. I'm not saying it's happening. I, I don't know yeah. anything that it's happening. But I do know that there's a possibility that it will happen with Canelo. And when you think of Canelo, I think at this point, we think of Triple G. They're connected. Yeah. You know, because of their legacy. Mm -hmm. Because of what they've done. And I yeah. think that it wouldn't be completely impossible scenario to envision Triple G, again, if he can't get what he wants, and he probably will, he gets something that makes sense. But he, who says he couldn't follow? But getting back to to Selecki uh, and, and Andre, Selecki uh, put forth the effort that I thought he would put forth. I thought it would go rounds. Uh, and I thought that it would probably probably not be an exciting fight, although there was a knockdown early yep. and in the first round, I believe, That's right. where Andre looked like almost make me wrong, where he's going to blow the guy out, and that's exciting. That's <laughs> Nobody can argue that. But at the end of the day, it went true to form what I thought it would be form. And again, you're attached to your temperament. I used to say this on ESPN doing the fights all the time when I was broadcasting at ringside, that People would say, oh, he should finish him. Oh, he should step up the pace. Oh, he should. You don't understand. Well, he's got the ability to do it. But it's not this. It's in here. It's in here. It's your temperament. It's that ability. It's that's, what's, that's what drives this. That's what drives this. You know, it's one thing to have a car. You can have the Ferrari. But, you know, if you have a old woman named Mildred driving, I'm, I'm just saying, dri driving a Ferrari, it ain't going fast, probably. Yeah. Mildred probably isn't going to drive it that fast. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to guess. Yep. And so it's the same thing, that the temperament, 
You have all these abilities. You see Andrade. You say, oh, he's going to blow him out. He's going to finish him. But his temperament is to be careful. Yes. And that's what drives the car. That's it. And I think, though, he's he's painted himself into a difficult corner because, like you said, there's a lot of guys don't <clears throat> want to fight him because they know that he's going to basically give them nothing to work with in terms of action, and he's going to frustrate you all night. So there's not a lot of motivation. And because his fights are the way they are, it's not like the public is clamoring to see him in there with a big punching Triple G or Canelo. I know there's some purists that want to see the belts unified, but I'm saying, even for myself, I mean, when I think about that, I'm not like, like you just described, I'm not like, oh shit, Triple G and Andre this weekend, it's going to be crazy, crazy and exciting. No, I think it's going to be technical and he's going to be, one guy's going to be trying to press the action, one guy's going to be trying to take the air out of the room. And so I think Andre finds himself in a difficult position here because I don't think any of the big guys want to fight him and he's left with the like Selecki, he's taking nothing away from the Selecki, but he's left with those types of guys like the next level down from the top tier guys. That's how I see it, but... We'll see how it plays out. There's a lot of lot of big announcements coming up with Canelo and Triple G. A lot of excitement on the horizon. But that brings me to one thing that I wanted to talk about. And before we get into the um, some of the recent officiating, let me just remind everyone that um, 10,000 is our uh, first sponsor that we're working with. Again, if you like the show, please support these guys. They um, help make us help make the show possible and provide this content that we're providing. Um, again, they make three, they only do one thing: they make shorts. They're great fitting. They're made by fellow athletes. If you're an athlete, I run in these things every single day, 10, 15 miles a day. I'm going to promote some if I don't wear it and uh, and see if it's good. It feels right, you know. It's it's got the. It's kind of like I talk about the fighters that can fight inside and outside. You know, <laughs> everything is boxing to me. So these shorts, they're boxing because you can put them on where you want to put them on for the athletic stuff, you know, for playing ball, for running, whatever you're doing. If I'm doing a fight plan, something like that. But then if you're too lazy like me and you want to go out and, you know, grab a burger and you don't want to go and change – and again, I say it again. I take showers. I, I, it's not like I'm going out there like stinking. But if I didn't sweat too much and mm. I don't want to go home and change, I keep the things on and I can go out because they look good too. Yeah. So yeah, get them, get them. Um, again, thirty day return policy. Try them out if you don't like them. Send them back, no questions asked. And check out our exclusive discount code at ten thousand dot cc slash the fight for exclusive offer for listeners of the show. Now let's get into some of the terrible officiating recently, starting with the um, Bradis and Glovaki fight in the uh, World Boxing Super Series semifinal at Cruiserweight. Um, if you didn't see the fight, we'll put some clips up here, but in the second round, they get into a clinch, and Glovaki hits Bradis with a vicious punch in the back of the head and it was really dirty and Bradis swings around and clips him with an elbow on the jaw very very hard and Robert Bird's kind of in a difficult position where he's positioned himself physically and he gets into the break up the fracas a little bit late after these guys are really roughhousing I mean from the ref's perspective Teddy tell me what you think he could have done differently here because right here okay dirty punch quick elbow smash Robert Bird comes in now Glovaki's on the ground, and he kind of reminded me of a bit of a Tommy Schwartz move where, okay, yeah, he got clipped with a bad elbow, but wait, wait for it. Now he's on the ground like he's been shot from a sniper in the stands. Robert Bird is screaming at him to get up. No, no doubt it was a vicious elbow, but it was like a delayed reaction, like, 
He's looking for the DQ, no question. What do you see here, Teddy? I see lack. I see a referee lost control. Uh, I like Bird. I like him as a human being. I like him as a referee. But maybe sometimes, like fighters, and uh, again, maybe that's hey. Why do this freaking show if you can't be strong when you feel you need to be strong instead of tiptoeing through the tulips? You know, remember that guy, <laughs> Tiny Tim? Oh, I remember that. That shows you. God, I don't know what that shows you. I remember Tiny Tim. He used to sing a song, Don't Tiptoe Through the Tulips. And I don't want to tiptoe through the tulips. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not here to destroy people's careers or to hurt people's feelings, but I'm here to say what sometimes we don't say. We want to be friends with everybody. And sometimes that's, that's not going to get us anywhere. That's not going to get reformed. That's not going to get changed. That's not going to get things that I sometimes feel that with a platform that I have that maybe I can help in a small way, get reformed, get changed, bring a light to certain situations. I'll say it again. I like Bird. He's a good human being. Uh, he's been a good referee. But sometimes fighters get too old. Maybe referees get too old. Sometimes. And and uh, Teddy, you're using that moment to say something so powerful so strong you know uh with such conviction i mean so serious well wait we're not going to show the rest so. but wait till we show the rest oh. well that's the tip of the iceberg yep. and then maybe you understand if you don't yep. already but uh so that's the road i'm going to go down is that the referee lost control uh he was not a competent ref that night i'm no. sorry and i like the guy a lot i say it again but that doesn't mean uh, then then don't then take this thing and freaking throw it away because why am I here doing this if if I can't say things that it calls to say such things? I broke the I broke the microphone. So no, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, you, know, you I wanted lower. <laughs> so he lost control. Yeah, and a referee can't lose control. It happens. I get it. But on this particular night. We'll, we'll show it later to, when we'll continue it. But on this particular night, he lost control. And he looked like a referee that didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Was out of sorts. Like a fighter that sometimes, again, you say, I don't know if he should continue to be fighting. And he, that was a disquiet, that was an, that was an offense that could call for DQ right there. Now, listen, the punch behind the head uh, it was. It wasn't obviously as impactful to the guy. It's a wrong punch. It's a dangerous punch. It's a foul. There's no doubt about it. I thought the punch but, back ahead was really dirty, and the other it, guy it, reacted it instinctively. No, he did. But 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 he he also knew what he was doing. It was an elbow. Oh he, yeah. Instinctively with a fist, no. Instinctively with an elbow, a bare bone. Like 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 bare knuckle. We saw bare knuckle boxing with Paulie Malinacci, uh not too long ago, and uh, you you saw what bare knuckles can do. Yeah, it could be gruesome. Mm -hmm. It could be dangerous. It could be it could be graphic. Uh, bust you open. Well, that's that's the same thing, even more so because that's the bone of the elbow. No protection, no cushion, banging right into the chin, and he could have disqualified you. I don't know about the head punch that because the guy was turning a little bit. I thought when he punched him in the back of the head, he wound up and really watched this. Yeah, and that's a yeah, that's a yeah. dirty punch. But 
It was. And I'm not, I am not in any way. Like that seems like he's looking and thinking what I'm he's not doing. Defending in this, that, yeah, yeah. But then an elbow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am with you. They're, you're at a place where you could disqualify the guy right now. That's number one. Either one. But you could, you could maybe a little bit more with the elbow. But here's the point there's a good chance he's concussed. Now, I know that he was looked like he was looking for sympathy where he was looking to get a DQ. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. And there was a delay, but sometimes there is a delay. I agree. We saw a delay in the past in fights where a guy gets hit, a good shot, and then a split second later, boom, yep. he falls. Or, or we just saw today with the body shot, mm -hmm. a delay mm -hmm. with Machado before he fell. All I'm saying is there's more to it that – this guy can very easily have been concussed here. And you're, you're allowing, you're not even allowing that thought to come into, to come into play here. When that happened, in your opinion, what should the ref have done? Like that, 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 that sequence was super quick. Well, so let's put thing, yourself in issues. Right, that happens, what, now what do you do? He's okay. This guy's okay. We don't know if he's okay. okay. Right? I'm going to make yep. it real simple. Fair. Give him time. Yep. Get up. Get this thing straight up. Go to him. Go look at that shot. Go to him and say, hey, you hit him behind the head again. You're out of here. Then, then go to this guy and instead of just tapping him, hey, Well, pal, he's almost frustrated with him. He's yelling at him here. You see how he's pal, yelling at him? Pal, I mean, it's almost like a cop with somebody in the Bowery laying on the street. Like, mm. hey, pal, get up. Come on. You can't, you can't lay. Or laying in the, laying in the vestibule of, of a subway station or, mm. or a hotel. Hey, pal, you got to get up. You can't. Come on. You got to get up. Mm. Oh, I just got shot. I'm, I'm, I got three shots in my freaking uh, yeah. upper torso. Uh, you didn't look. That's why I'm laying here, you know, so Mr. Officer. So here's a situation where he he's forcing him to get up. He's telling him to get up. But what about the other part? The referee's there to ensure to ensure safety, right? Isn't that the main his main responsibility? Okay. What about handling that part right now? I'm just saying right now. Give him five minutes. Yeah, it's 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 written into the rules. Of course, give him give him a guy gets hit low, he gets five minutes. Mm -hmm. This is worse than getting hit low. Yeah. I would probably suggest, maybe not always, but I would I would venture out there and say that most people would agree with me. This might be worse than getting hit low. I think in, that Bird saw the punch in the back of the head. I don't think he quite grasped the how severe the elbow was because again, it was a delayed but reaction. Don't forget the road we're about to go down. Yeah, oh yeah, but he's completely lost. Oh, and we'll get and into so, that. Yeah, and what I'm saying, Ken, is that right here, you you have to be your referee. You have to remember what your place is, what your job is, the safety of the fighter, to ensure that, right? So the first thought has to be, are you okay? You don't see that. Are you okay? Give him five minutes. Give mm -hmm. him uh, uh, you know, walk to me. Show me something. It almost looked like Bird was frustrated because he thought he was acting when he flopped down after he on the delayed reaction, right or wrong. And I think that was with Bird's frustration and okay that is what it is but, but you then, know what i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind with all the bs in this business where they come up with these organizations these fraudulent organizations when they're forced to they come up with something that says oh we're, we're looking out for the safety oh we're doing this oh we're gonna be careful oh well we're gonna be much more safety conscious but where is it you know what simple thing i'd like to say how about calling a doctor into the ring right now? He yeah. just got hit with an elbow. Take that little flashlight out that they like to keep in their pockets. Use the damn thing. Use it to take it out and look into their pupils and see if they're contracting properly. 
look at and see if they can cost. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect time for that. You, you talk about all this stuff, all this crap in this world. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the simplest thing and the most sensible thing. Get the doctor up there, look into their eyes, and see if they're okay. You can see by looking into the pupils of the eye whether or not they're concussed. Do so that. It's also early in the fight, and it hasn't been. It wasn't like a one-sided affair, so it wouldn't be like stopping and pausing to see if he's hurt would have disrupted the natural flow. Of I don't the fight. care, disrupt it, because you're talking about somebody going to continue concuss possibly. Let it, let it ride, and let's see the rest of it. Well, later in the round, towards the end of the round, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it here, but yeah, the put bell, the volume up. The bell rings, and I would say, what do you think? Five to ten seconds. They continue fighting now. Both fighters. Oh, longer than that. So this is the. This is the knockdown before the end of the round. Yeah, now he's hurt. So he's down. There's about. Uh, I'm going to say there's about five seconds left in no, the more, round here. More. No, less. Less. You're right. Turn it up, Rob. Here it is. There's the bell. One. Put it louder. Two. Three. Bells continue to ring. Six. Seven. Eight. Put it louder so you can hear that bell so the people at home can hear it. It's a good five to eight seconds conservatively. There's, there's the bell. The bell. This has been ringing now. Rick. No, it's been ringing. Yes. Go back to the beginning of it. Now listen for the bell here. Here's the first bell. Both guys are fighting. Birds just looking around. And boom. Do it once more. Without us even talking. It's a bell. The ref looked like he wanted to get in there three seconds before he did, but he was tentative. Did you notice that? He was lost. He lost yeah. control yeah. of what a referee is there to control. He lost control of it all. And I hate to use the word incompetence, but at that point it was. At that point, it was. The guy had just been knocked down. Two seconds later, the round starts. They continue for a good eight-second passing. Ken, Ken, let's go back to the guy had possibly been concussed with an elbow. Yeah. Then he continues, and he gets caught with punches. And he dropped. He gets dropped. He gets up, and then the bell sounds, and he continues, and he gets dropped again. How many seconds do you think passed the bell? I would say eight. Eight to ten seconds, and then he comes back out, and at the end, the beginning of the third round, he gets stopped, and the fight's over. And it's almost oh. like I don't make light of it, but and make it a joke of it. But it's almost like you didn't have enough. Let's let him get a little more. Yeah, let's let him get a little drunker. And the round's over, but the ref doesn't realize it, and he's going to let him go out again. And the commentators are going completely ballistic, saying. Well, what's going on here? What's he doing? The, now he's going to send them out again. I think the, you hit the, the nail on the head. He's just completely lost. He's lost sense of time. He doesn't realize how much time's left in the round. He's, his head it seems to be spinning. It looked like he was trying to jump in there a few seconds before Klovaki got dropped there after the bell. Let him run. Go ahead. Let him run, Rob. This is the beginning. All right, so of now the this is the beginning of the third. Obviously, this guy's been hit elbows. He's been he's been dropped twice. He's He's had to go 10 seconds 
long after being dropped. Let's also remember they're 205 pounds. These aren't little guys. Yeah, cruiserweight. And that's all she wrote. And then it's over. Yeah, that was um, just a bad showing. And like you said, I don't think that it was any anything done maliciously, but I think you're right. He was just seemed to have like bent over his head there. Missed the bell, indecisive, you know. Listen, if you want to be cynical in a sport that forces you to be cynical, begs you to be cynical sometimes, unfortunately, you could say that he favored the guy that was a home country because he was fighting in his country. Mm -hmm. Um, He was favoring that guy, that house fighter. Mm -hmm. But again, in this case, the evidence that's there, the visual evidence, is that he just he he just didn't have a good night. He was, uh, you know, but when you don't have a good night in boxing and you're the referee, someone could get hurt. Yeah. You know, and... And the guy's lucky and, he didn't get hurt. Well, he did get hurt. Yeah. We don't know to what extent, mm-hmm. but he did get hurt. He he got he got knocked out. He got he got hit with an elbow. He got hit with knockout, knockdown punches when he shouldn't have been. When the rounds, when he should have been back in his corner, instead of you know taking punches, so he did get hurt, uh, as far as that goes. But again, we're, we're going to show a lot of incompetence or a lot of stuff that's going to make you shake your heads in controversial fights, and that's what we're here for. We want to show all that and put a light on that and uncover all that, just like we uncovered before the before Fury had his fight. Schwartz. You know, with Schwartz. You know, he's got his debut fight on ESPN, the $100 million deal, whatever it is. And we we told you, we, we looked at tape. It's out there. We found it. And sure enough, I mean, it's not like the promoters were going to exactly show it to you. He, his opponent that was handpicked and it turned out to be exactly what, what you were what you would think it would be after we showed the film we did, we we showed one of his fights where he laid on the canvas after the guy touched him with his knocking a little bit. Wasn't too hard. No. And he fell on the floor and laid there for like, you know, two days. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like he it. He would have stayed there for a week if he thought he could get a DQ. I, I just, he wouldn't move. And and you see a guy, and and then finally the referee, which was amazing, said, "No, we're we're not disqualifying him. You get up, or we're going to stay here to the janitors, you know, come here and they start sweeping over your face." Yeah, but after he did that, then he then he disqualified the guy on Schwartz's yeah, well, call. Yeah, I mean, it later was on. Yeah, incidental did. at yeah. best. But to see this guy twenty four and zero that they were touting as a competitive fight for Fury. All you needed to do was watch this and you knew it couldn't be competitive. 100%. Because he didn't know how to behave like a fighter. Nope. So we, we try to show those things. Uh, we have a lot of controversial happenings. There was four of them all together. Yep. And the next one we're going to get into was on the Andrew Cancio and Machado undercard. Again, I was here for this one. Well, one it thing was, I'm going to add to this, yeah. Bert. You believe in daily doubles? You ever play the horse? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Yep. Daily double. Now, daily double usually is a positive thing. You can win. It's usually not a thing where you can, where you can oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I get mad at myself sometimes, like, uh, 
My wife says, I, you, I knew you when you were a nice guy, <laughs> when you were a nicer person, when you didn't bring up all these things. And, and uh, but again, if we're going to sit in this chair, right? Why are we sitting in it if we can't put the light there where it, it should be exposed when it should be exposed? And especially in a difficult business where the fighters take on such risk, where Daily double should be a chance to win double. Sometimes it's a chance to lose double. You had Bird doing a, a bad job. And then, who knows, but the judge, one of the judges that night was his wife. Mm. And she has not been a good judge. No. She's been involved so if he in didn't get very any, controversial. So again, I'm going crazy now, but uh, <laughs> if he didn't get it, if you want to, again, if you want to be conspiratorial, if you want to be really, you know, cynical, if he didn't get her, she was going to get her. <laughs> because... Clefarge had the cards stacked against him. Because she's been pretty bad. Very bad. And, and not just in boxing. From what I understand, she is one of the... She is one of the most horrendous UFC judges of all time from the little bit I've been told. I, I'm not into that sport to that level that I am, obviously, in boxing. But from what I understand, uh, she she has been involved in some oh, uh, incredibly controversial, and that's putting it in a nice way, decisions with the UFC, where they're like, are you kidding me? And she's been involved in some bad ones in both sports, in boxing. Where, I mean, she was the one who had Canelo uh, in the first fight with Triple G, Winning one eighteen one ten. How you can I mean, how you can judge another fight after scoring that fight like that? To me, Triple G one. I know you feel the same way, but to have it one eighteen to one ten. I mean, and how is she still working? And also, they, if she's going to work a well, UFC, well, Bird, for let's go to Bird. Now that was. I don't think anyone. Bird. I mean, the, the husband. Um, I don't think anybody is going to argue that he didn't do a good job that night. I, I like him in the past. He's been a good ref, but he didn't do a good job. He did a bad job that night. I don't think anyone's going to argue no. with that. Right? And if it's the NBA, if it's MLB, yeah, that the same thing was done by an umpire or by a referee, you're not going to see him. I think it's fair to say. Oh, there's big two, accountability in the other sports. You're not going to see him two days later on NBC doing a Cleveland Cavalier, you know, L.A. Laker game. You're not. No. You're not. They're going to sit him and say, hey, you need, we got to take you out of here for a while and make sure, you know, you're okay. But like and, you said, it's uh, one thing if you made one mistake, but he lost control of the fight. There was like a comedy but, of but errors do there. Do you understand that he was repping like two nights later? Oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In a big fight? Well, I mean, she's still judging judging fights after no, giving uh, a 118-110. Justify that. But the referee, after that, after that showing... Mm. was refereeing a significant fight like two days later. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with this sport. That's one of the problems why, again, can anybody spell, what's that commercial, where uh, antacid relief? How do you spell relief? Can anybody, how do you spell relief in this sport? National Commission. Can anybody say, follow me? Can you read my lips? Can anybody say National Commission? National czar. Can can somebody say that? Can uh, is that how you spell relief? National czar. Do something. 
change this from what's that old saying it's insanity when you keep doing the same thing wrong over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome it's insane yeah it's insane you got the referee the night, two days later in a big fight the judge the, if nothing else he should be given a, a medical and say how how can you not hear the bell when everyone else in the arena is hearing it ringing repeatedly what did you miss there what'd you say <laughs> Well, listen. Let's get into let's get into the next one with uh, that was on the Cancio um, undercard. It was actually a really good fight with uh, Elwin Soto fighting Tito Acosta, small guys, 108 pounds. Good fight early. Soto drops Acosta in the uh, third round. Beautiful combinations. Left a left hook followed by a swiping right hook. Uh, fourth round, Soto continues to score big. But other than that, Acosta controlled the fight and was ahead on all three judges' scorecards going into the twelfth round. Uh, maybe halfway through the twelfth round. Good fight. Good. Way Very good fight for little Ebbs guys. Flows. Yep. For the most part, Tito Acosta is putting it on him, with the exception of the third and fourth, which I think Soto won convincingly. He scored the knockdown in the third. Um, uh, with um, Soto then hits Acosta with a big shot in the 12th round. Now, again, Acosta's ahead on all three judges' scorecards. Soto scores a big shot and wobbles him badly. He's Acosta's definitely hurt, and he wobbles back, and the ref jumps in and waves off the fight. It seemed to me an early stoppage. I mean, when a guy's that far ahead, they're little guys. It's not like he's taking a pounding from uh, like a cruiserweight in the Glovaki fight where he's getting punished. He sets a big shot, wobbles him, ref jumps in and waves it off. I thought it was unusually quick stoppage, but I'm curious to hear what you think. It was, I thought, incredibly quick. I thought it was unfair. I know we're in a dangerous sport. I know, and I'm one of the first ones to call for actions, as I just did a moment ago, uh, for actions to best secure the safety of these fighters. They get in the ring and risk so much. But it's not the opera also. And give them a chance to behave like fighters. Get them, give them a chance to do what they do. Give them a chance to show their craft. Give them a chance, you know, uh, on a construction site, a guy gets, uh, you know... He gets hit with a hammer on the hand because his hand was a little too close while they were driving the they were driving the nails into the board. He gets hit with a hammer. He he doesn't go home. He's a construction guy, you know. And there's some people that you get hit with a hammer and their thumb, you know, bust open. You go home. Construction guy, no, you don't go home. You 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 put in a little ice, you know. You might tape it up and you you finish your you finish your day. And a fighter, if you look it up, I've said this before, for me, I don't know what the exact definition Webster's used in the dictionary for a fighter. But for me, it has to involve the phrase, the words, overcoming. Give a fighter a chance to overcome. That's what they do. You know, be there to secure their safety. Be there to make sure they don't go too far. That's why you have a referee there. I get it. I'm all for it. But give them a chance to 
put their craft forward. Give them a chance to show you their craft. Give them a chance to survive. He, look at how he acts. When he got hurt, we're going to show it, but when he got hurt, he started doing what a guy does to survive. What a guy that knows his craft, that knows that this can happen in boxing. Just like as a construction guy, you can get a busted thumb. This can happen. So give him a chance to do what fighters do when this does happen. They find a way to survive it. If they don't, stop it. But give him that chance. I didn't think he was given that chance. But the first thing came to my head before I started thinking who's the house fighter and who's the promoter, who's got the power. It's a shame you got to think about these damn things in the sport, but you do. First thing I started thinking about was I used to say on on ESPN, it can either, it's either incompetence or corruption. Which one is it? Neither one's good. Neither one's good. And you don't want to fight stop too late. I get it. I get it out there. You don't. But... If you stop him too soon, you're not being fair to a fighter who trained to overcome these things. Yeah, if you stop fights too soon, then say goodbye to the Mickey Ward Arturo Gatti fights. Some of that great theater. Some of the greatest theater and drama you're ever going to see in your life. Something that teaches us that was more than just entertainment. It taught us about life. It taught us about not giving up. It taught us about coming back from a storm. And so throw that away if, if that's what you're going to do. Had, how, about Castillo, how about Castillo and Corrales? Throw that away. Throw that away. Because that was worse. Oh, yeah. And they didn't stop it. He gave him a chance to behave like a fighter. Gave him a chance to come back. And he came back. This referee, again. Thomas when, Taylor. When the, when the kid gets hurt, and don't show it yet, but we're, we're, we're just primed up, ready to go. But when the kid gets hurt, Again, it's not like he's lost and he's just, you know, saying, I can't defend myself. He's doing what a hurt fighter does. He's got his hands up. He's trying to weather the storm. He's doing the thing. He's, he's going to DEFCOM 2. Mm-hmm. You know, right? The shells are coming in. Go to DEFCOM 1. So bigger, we just got hit. Go to DEFCOM 2. He's got his hands up. He's trying to navigate the storm. He's trying to be ready for what's coming so he can get himself to, through this. So he's doing what a fighter's supposed to do. The referee didn't seem to acknowledge that or care about that. He just stopped. And he got caught. Now, look, before he got caught, I was watching it, and I was saying he's putting himself in peril. Now, what did I mean by that? When he was going after, when Acosta was being aggressive, he was doing it with wide punches. Yeah. And when you're throwing shame on you because you haven't been taught better, whatever, but when you're throwing wide punches, you're leaving the window open for something to come in, to come inside those wide. So there was danger. If I was calling that fight, that's what you would have, and I used to call the ESPN fight, that's why I would have been saying, hey, Hey, there's danger for the guy who looks like he's in control right now. The guy who looks like he's dominating right now, there's danger for him because what he's thrown is wide. He's leaving a window open for a counter. And sure enough, a left hook to come in. And I tell you, it was a nice, I give him credit, uh, uh, Soto. Soto. I give Soto credit because he threw the left hook, seeing that there was a opening to throw it inside one of those shots. And he did it as he turned, as he was moving around. He did it in a very subtle, very slick sort of, 
intelligent way by as he was stepping around to his left, he delivered the punch inside one of those one of those those holes, one of those openings. It was really well done. But again, he gets caught, he gets stunned. He's a fighter. The Give other him one, a chance to behave like one. One quick thing to uh, point out before we let it go is there's also uh, other things that the ref has to consider. The kid is winning the fight. They're smaller guys. He's not taking a beating. So it's one shot, like a flash shot that gets him on rubber legs. Fair. But give him the benefit of the doubt there. Maybe, another, like, see if he gets hit again. Can, Maybe. Can Just, I, a thousand percent with you. I'm with you, brother. But... But I, I say, like I said it before, give him a chance to be a fighter. 100%. Give him a chance to overcome. Yeah. Give him a chance. To, if he shows you that he's getting his hands on up and he's he's not trying, he's not aware of what he needs to be aware of, stop it. Mm -hmm. But he didn't show you that. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's Watch see. this left hook. Boom. Okay, so he's right. Now, hands he puts up. his hands up, right? He's trying. He's moving. And, Come on, uh, man. It's hard to even watch it again. It, 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 yeah. He understands this is a title fight. Lost his title. He understands what happened. He understands that he's, he's been caught. So he's doing what he's been trained to do. He puts his hands up. He's ready for the shots to come in. There he is, throwing the wide shots again. But here we go. Now watch. Wide shots, wide shots, wide shots. Boom. And literally a flash hook almost thrown on it no, but i give him credit for the left hook I tell oh you, yeah he was turning around him so so he probably never saw the punch because he was stepping as he threw it and he threw it inside one of those wide right hands mm -hmm. show it one more time because it was beautiful i thought it was something you don't see it was a um very tough night for golden boy and you know uh oscar and bernard were at the first machado cancio fight and ended up getting upset and then they couldn't even be bothered to come back for the rematch and both their guys lost the uh, puerto rican see, we can uh, show it one more time puerto rican golden boy fighter um tito acosta and machado both golden boy guys from puerto rico yep now watch again uh, but watch, he's going to step around. Watch, watch Soto. Step and step and step. Watch. Boom. He just threw in between. Timed it right in between. Now, look at Acosta. He's, you know, he, he's he got his hands up. He's he trying, didn't really get hit clean after trying, that. No, trying to weather the storm and not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Not allowed to. And again, do, do you think that was anything worse than you saw in the Mickey Ward fights? Or Rigatti or Castillo and Corrales? I don't think so. I don't think so. If they would have had the same referee, we don't have those fights. Yep. We don't have that history. Yep. Yep. Well, that brings us to the um, that brings us to the third one here with uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux and uh, Julio Ceja for the Super Bantamweight Title Eliminator fight. Um, Seha was putting it on Rigo pretty good, and Rigo was fighting a different style of fight than he typically fought. He sat in the pocket all night, kind of reminded me of Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti a little bit. He just stood there and banged away with Seha. Seha was getting the better of him all night, and Rigo hits him in the uh, eighth round with a shot. Seha goes down. Referee gives him an eight count, looks in his eyes, and waves it off, seemingly out of nowhere. And again, Seha's ahead on all three uh, judges' scorecards in, going into the eighth round. Again, super early stoppage to me. I mean, Cynic could say that they want to see Rigo win. There's more money with him, but tell me what you saw. Cynics could say that 
the referee was presented an opportunity to save the house guy, to save the guy that still had the name that, that was supposed to win, as you just said. Uh, and he did that. He did his job. It's not his job. That That is not supposed to be his job. And well, look, do we know he did that? No, of course not. If he did, uh, we would hope that... That be, was uh, referee Russell Mora. If we did, we would hope there'd be somebody with blue uniforms and shiny shields knocking at his door and saying, please come with us. You have the right to remain silent. And uh, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. So we don't know. But it was, it really, it makes you, it makes you wonder. But before we go into that, I think that you have to set the stage with what he is and what he's not anymore. Ricky Diaw was one of the top 10 pound for pound fighters in my, probably in my top five or four list at one time. I called his fights in Sydney when I did the Olympics for NBC. He was the best amateur I ever seen live in person. I'll say it again. Best amateur. And that's that's a hell of a statement. I've seen some really good ones. Yeah. He was the best I ever seen. Southpaw, wasted nothing, mm-hmm. could counter punch, was calm. It was like the great Stuart Scott, the great late Stuart Scott who worked in the company I work at, ESPN. He was a great broadcaster. He was taken away too young uh, from us. Like he used to say, he was as cool as the other side of the pillow, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was calm. He saw everything, Wigan Diaw. He was tremendous. He won two gold medals in the Olympics, just like Lomachenko did. And again, it was the 2000 and 2004. I did both Olympics. It was it was uh, at, it was Sydney, and then it was Athens. Uh, this guy had great reflexes. He was on a. He was one of the top pound-for-pound guys. I think I had him number four or something uh, at one point. Uh, he was the best. I thought he was the best counter-puncher in the business, if not if not the best, right up there in the best. I thought he was one of the best body punchers in the business. He was a good puncher. He was a great defensive fighter. He had great reflexes. he just make you miss just a little bit. Pop, pop. Uh, the one thing was, that always hurt him, that always seemed to stymie what you wanted to see, that didn't allow that to come out was he wasn't active enough. And part of it was because he was so good. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to fight him. Mm-hmm. They couldn't look good against him. He made you look good. And he didn't make exciting fights. He did not make exciting. He was just efficient. He was just good at what he did. If you were going to the ballpark, if you were a guy prone to go to baseball games only to see Balls travel over the fence. You didn't like him. But if you were going to the ballpark to see great pitching, people that changed the speed on a pitch, that went, that were able to hit the corners, were able to, you know, change uh, to one minute throw it 95, the next minute throw it 82, and just make the bat fall out of the guy's hands. If you like that, you love Rigan Diaw because he was all that. Yeah, he was all that, and he's not that anymore. See, that's what I see. That's what my job is to say. I think to the people and to talk to you and say that you agree. But that I saw a guy now that, like the great late Mickey Duff would say, you know, he was he was easier to he was harder to miss than he was to hit. Yeah, I mean, he was too easy to hit. He he wasn't 
He didn't have those instincts anymore. He didn't have those reflexes anymore where he just made you miss. That great defense where he counterpunched. Now he was getting hit, and there he is. In the Olympics, Rob, I call for it, and Robbie puts it there. And I'm assuming that was the one. Blue. Yeah, no, I know he's in blue. He's the southpaw. But I'm assuming that that's the, the one in Sydney. And uh, his first gold medal because he won the gold in Sydney and then in Athens. So I'm assuming this is Sydney. But this is what I saw. I thought he was the best amateur I had ever seen. He was a guy that didn't waste anything. He was a guy that saw everything. He was a guy that was, was his accuracy was there. He was a guy that your, your, your grandparents, your grandmother would have loved because he'd sit at a table with you and he wouldn't waste anything. Yeah. He ate the spinach, he ate the <laughs> carrots. He, he didn't waste anything. He didn't waste nothing in that ring. Anything he threw, he only threw it if he knew he was in position to land it. He, he wasn't just chucking punches where the wind was picking him. And he was all of that. And, and the, the contrast was, it was palatable. When, when I saw him, I was like, this, this ain't the same guy. He got old. Yeah. His, everything was gone. He was a shot fighter. Yep. The only thing remaining was his character to, to show guts and to show heart and, and to show pride that, you know, he wasn't going to succumb to a guy that he was supposed to beat. Yep. And quite frankly, taking nothing away from his opponent. But you go back some years, he doesn't last. His opponent doesn't last. What, what was his opponent's name? Ringing the hours fighting Julio Seha. Seha. Take nothing away from him. Game guy was winning that fight, was taking advantage of his opportunity. But you go back to a younger Rigondeau, say how it doesn't last two, three rounds with him. I mean, like the old timers would say, you know, he 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 can't carry his shoes. Yeah. You know, and to see this Rigondeau, this guy that was slow, this guy that was there to be hit. This guy that had none of that brilliance that I just described. It was like, he can't, why is he still fighting? And, you know, and I know the answer to still make money and because he can get away with it. And this is another, I don't know if this is the same Olympics, but there he is again. So accurate with that left hand, uh, with the power. You know, he had power, he had technique, he had reflexes, he had timing. Uh, he could adjust to anything. He could use his legs, but he could also walk you down. He could also stand in front of you and do it like Sweet Pea Pernell Whitaker, another great one did, by making you miss right in front, mm. where you couldn't hit him in the backside with a handful of buckshot. <laughs> you know, and to see this guy with Seha, where he was reduced to rumbles, he was reduced to, to just not even a shadow mm. of what he was, that's what struck me before we got to where we got. Yeah, I agree. But it also reminded me that the one thing that stays with a fighter, when they, when their great skills get eroded by time, the one thing that doesn't leave, unfortunately, George Foreman taught me that lesson, <clears throat> power. <clears throat> Power's still there. The speed leaves, the timing leaves, the elusiveness leaves, but the legs leave, but not the power. And that power saved that fight for him and prolonged his career by being there when it was, when he had the opportunity that was given to him. 
But what the referee did was, again, I thought it was either incompetence, unjust. We'll look at it. I thought that Seha deserved better. After fighting, he's ahead in the fight. Uh, you could even say he was beating up Rigondeau. And he's going to win this fight if he doesn't get caught. That's a big if. I get it. Uh, in the eighth round, I believe it was the eighth round where he gets yep. caught. Yep. And listen, Seha gave him the opportunity. Seha threw an unfathomable slow right hand. Maybe he got hurt in the body that nobody picked up. The commentators didn't pick mm -hmm. up. Just a second before that, that slowed him down, that caused him to throw a right hand that slow. But he threw a reckless slow right hand. And against the southpaw Rigondeau, he left the door open for a left-hand counter to come over. It's it's not in this round because I think it happened in the eighth round, I believe. Yeah, it was the eighth round. Yeah. And, but you can see the style right there. He's fighting. Yeah. Reminds me of Arturo Gatti and uh, Mickey Wood just standing right in front of each other and trading punches, which is not the style of Rigondeau throughout his career. No, and here it is. You know, I mean, he's catching him. He's winning. And boom, he All throws right. a slow right and hand. Now, look, that's not a devastating knockdown. You don't know what's going on. The guy gets up. Well, he's okay. hurt. He's hurt, but I mean, but, he's not like spitting But, but he shakes his head. Now, watch. He does what he's asked. Show me. Come towards me. He he complies with the orders. He complies with the watch. orders of the ref. Complies. Oh, 100%. It, 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 shakes not his like, head, yes. It's not like when he says come forward, he, he starts doing the, the tavern over. That's a dance, by the way. Yeah. You know, it's not like he starts doing that. Or he's, he starts saying, I'm going to spit on my head. Well, we're going to show you an example of a guy who didn't want to continue but was forced to continue in a second with Jay Nady. But this guy, he does everything. Watch, he puts his hands up unsolicited, well, like wipe my gloves. Okay. I know what to do. And, and he just stops it. Yep. And again, it makes you It's just, unacceptable. That one is, that's uh, hard look, to watch. I, I'll say it again. We don't want, I know there's people out there say, I'd rather stop a fight too soon than too late. But let's stop it right. Exactly. How about we just say, can we do things right? Can we stop making excuses for things that are incompetent, that are wrong? Can we do freaking things right in this world now? Can we do that? Can we just, can right be enough? Can it be enough to just do it right? Instead of saying, well, you know, it's better too soon. No, do it right. You just took an opportunity away from this young kid, this kid who, who's been in tough fights, who's paid his dues, who's never been to the places where Rigan Dial's been. He doesn't have that kind of talent. Mm -hmm. But this might have been his night. Yeah. He was winning this fight. Oh, this was, was his, his night. night. Yep. And it gets taken away from him. He got robbed. There's no quite you can't watch that and not be pissed off for that kid. Okay, so he got knocked down, but that's part of boxing. He's winning the fight. No question. All three judges Again, see it the same way. I'll go down the same road I went a minute ago. How many of the greatest fights in the history of this sport would we have been denied if that referee was in some of those fights and behaved that same way and did the same thing and used the same judgment he used there where he would have stopped the Gaddy fights against Ward or the Castillo-Corrales fights or Cancio, the, the kid who just... Who, yeah. Just a great story we talked about who's a world champion now. He never would have gotten the chance to be a world champion mm -hmm. if they did that. Yeah. Never. Right. Well, by contrast, we have a ref there waving it off too early. We're now going to take a look at a fight where the referee almost forces um, the fighter back into the fire to get knocked out almost 
almost knocked out unconscious. I mean, vicious knockout. I'm talking about the Jamel Charlo versus Jorge Cota fight. First of all, this the is fight- the other side of the spectrum. What exactly. You right. First of all, this fight is a, is a mismatch. Charlo has beaten the crap out of him. He's knocked him down. He knocked him down in the um, uh, third round. Cota goes down. He stumbles. He's staggering all over the place. He falls into the corner. He's got his left hand on the uh, ropes. And Jay Nady comes over, gives him an eight count. Doesn't ask him if he's okay. Doesn't ask him to walk towards him. Snatches the fighter's left hand off the ropes. Wipes it. Gloves off. Literally positions him to fight, go back and stand in front of Charlo. Charlo runs across the ring, hits him with a left-right one-two combo and almost kills him. Knocks him out. His head snaps back, bounces off the canvas. The fight's over. But that's an incident where if I'm the ref, I'm looking at that saying, this kid is hurt. He doesn't I don't know that he wants to continue. He's standing there holding. He's not saying anything. Not that he doesn't. He doesn't know where he is. Exactly. He, he, he doesn't have the ability like, to make the decision. And JD, Nady forces him back in there. He's like Bambi in, in headlights. To me, this he is the most. He doesn't know where he is. To me, this is the most egregious of all the. You know what he looked like? Errors. He looked like a guy in. Really, I, I can't, people, I'm not being frivolous. I'm not trying to make. But sometimes you gotta, you gotta make points here. And it was like, it was like a guy who had too much to drink in a bar. Like, he didn't know where he was. Like, he had one hand on the bar. A bartender would look out for him more. A bartender would look out for him more than the referee did 100%. that night. A bartender wouldn't walk him to his car. Here's your keys. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, look, look. He's got one on the bar. And, and he, he's, he's holding, using the bar to stay steady so he don't fall down in the bar to stay steady. It's like a well, bartender go, come here. Here, here's your keys. Let me walk you to your car. No, oh, oh. no. Or even a drunk who's antagonizing a bouncer and he's legless and you're saying, dude, don't hit this guy. Like, he's drunk. Just let him get out of here. But Jay Nady's like, no, no, get back in there. Charlo, come on, finish him. I mean, this to me is, of all the incidents and issues we just talked about, this to me was the worst because this kid was hurt and he he ended up- Freeze him for one second. Let me add one other thing. This kid's an opponent. He's there to be an 100%. opponent. 100%. He's that being clear. outclassed all night. He's been knocked out. This was the third time, if my memory serves me right. I don't have the record in front of me. But he, he was knocked out twice before this. So he was here to be knocked out. All things that the ref should be aware of. Yes. Competence. Yes. Pre- pre- being prepared. We, we do a show. I know this stuff. But I come here, make notes. Pre- be prepared for the show. Be, be ready. Don't take things for granted. Do your freaking work. He's, he's got to be aware that this kid's here is an opponent. Could upsets happen? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see an upset. But he was there as an opponent. He'd been knocked out twice before he got knocked out a third time. That's what he was there for. Be, be aware of that. Be careful. When you see, and when you see, as you just described, the kid hurt. And gets up, and he's got one hand, and he—he's oblivious. He's like he's in La La Land. Exactly. He's oblivious to what's going on. I mean, what the frick did the referee think it was happy hour? Jay Nady almost hit him with a cattle prod to get back in there. Let the thing play. It's really—it's—it's it's offensive to watch, and it's hard to watch. I mean, just look at the size difference. I mean, watch this knock. What? Look at that. Okay, now now, now he's here's... hurt. Watch him get up. He never saw the punch, by the way. Watch him get up. Stagger. Stagger, look away. Been knocked out twice before. Holding onto the rope. Look, look. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, here you go. Watch this, watch this. Doesn't... Three, boom. 
Look at his look at his head bounce back off the you, canvas. You know, we just saw the great contrast, and I want to show it again. But we just showed the great contrast where when a kid was ready to perform, the referee didn't give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Didn't give him a chance to perform. This guy's not ready. Look in his eyes. Look at him. He's a, he's on. Yeah. If you have to grab the fighter's yeah. hand give off me, the rope, yeah, yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, give me another one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, it's like almost like you want another drink. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Watch Nady grab his hands no, and like I mean, force him back yeah, in. Yeah, sure. I mean, but but look at him. You go beyond the yeah, sure. You go to the rest of his body language, to his eyes, to his like he, like you said. Look, he he's not. He's not aware of his surroundings. Not only that, his body language is saying, I'm holding on to these ropes to stay well, away and to, to hold, be stay stable, up. to yep. stand. He, I mean, you don't just, it's almost a reflex act to be a fighter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what? Same thing yeah, that the drunk would say if you ask him another days? drink. How about the old days when they would ask you a question? They, they would ask you, do you know what day it is? Do you, you know, and sometimes I think some of that could be unfair because you could be in a place where I forget what day it is. Yeah, of course. You know, what no, day, but at least you're day, doing some is, effort. What is today? <laughs> and so I, I understand that sometimes that could be, but something, something, you're a referee, something to look, look to like, let me look at this kid. He just got hit a clean shot. He didn't see. He's been knocked out twice before. He's stumbling around. I know all this stuff because I'm ready for this fight. I'm ready to call this fight. And I, I got to be sure. I can't just say, yeah, yeah. I, I got to be sure he's really okay. Of course. And, and looking at this, I'm not sure. No, this is this is offensive what happened here. And wh- and I want to go ahead. Look at him. Now watch. Look, look. Look, not- he- Never tells him, walk towards me, nothing. There is such a thing as being out on your feet. Oh, 100%. We just saw it right there. There He offered no resistance to that one, too. Straight down the middle. Go back to the first knockdown. You know why? I'm going to, for people out there, just freeze it for a second. I want to show that we're always going to be fair, at least to our ability to be fair. And what do I mean by that? To the extent of what we can conceive in our minds and hearts has given everybody the, the benefit of what they should be given. Then you point out when something's bad, something's negative, when it's good. Now, we're pointing out that he knocked out a guy that he's supposed to knock out, yeah. right? But I'm going to give Charlo credit here where the way he did it, I give him credit. Because first, he set this knockdown. Well, it was a knockdown. He set up the knockdown, the first knockdown, in a brilliant way, the way that you should in the sweet science, the way that a good fighter should. What he did was, and the commentators didn't talk about this, and I want to give him credit for this. He first lands a right hand to the body. What does that do? That gets the guy's attention to the body. I, I caught that body shot. I felt it. I don't want to get hit there again. And then he knows that he's been hit there. He knows that he did that. And then what he does is he backs off and he invites him in. He he sets a trap. Mm-hmm. Charlo allows him to come forward, knowing that after being that he's going to look to come forward. He's going to look to get back. And as he comes forward, Charlo very subtly, but brilliantly, like a good fighter. He bends like he's going to go to the body again. 
his eyes go down because he just got hit to the body a few seconds earlier. His eyes go down thinking that it's going to be there, and then he comes up high with the right hand and catches him, causing the knockdown, a punch that he never sees. Watch this. This is what I mean by giving someone credit. Even though he knocked out a guy he's supposed to knock out, watch how he sets it up. Watch how he does it. Watch how he does it like a good fighter. Body shot. Okay. That's been established. He felt the body shot. Now he backs up. He goes low. He comes high with the right hand. Nobody. Nobody had realized that. Mm. I want the people to realize that. That's, again, body shot. Boom. It has an effect. It has an effect. Now he backs up. He goes low. And he comes high with the right hand. This guy thought another body shot was coming. That's why that right hand landed so effectively, so yeah. cleanly. And you were right. As soon as he hit him with that body shot, he instinctively rushed forward almost like, yeah, it's like I'm not hurt. And, and that was all designed. Mm. So that, am I saying that this guy was was didn't have a chance maybe and that he was there as an opponent? Yeah. But the other guy, Charlo, showed why he's at the higher echelon of his particular craft mm. because he thinks yeah and he thought that and he set that up yeah and that referee really i mean if, if you can't do me a favor I, I know you know you take care of yourself and you look great by the <laughs> way and you just congratulations on the last race tremendous Thank you. Thank tremendous you. um and you're in great shape but you know once in a while you might stop in a barn just celebrate you know have, have a maybe a guinness because guinness is Good for you. I mean, it's, it's got some good stuff in it. I'd probably win more if well, I had less Guinness. Well, 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 <laughs> you're so honest. And and so you, next time, you, if if you see Jay as the as the bartender, get out of there. No, yeah. Do me a favor. Call me up. Call me up. <laughs> I, I'll come and get you. I come, but don't stay. Don't stay because he. I'm afraid he's 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 going to throw you the keys and. <laughs> Well, listen, let's, we're going to wrap it up there. Special shout out and thank you to our sponsor, 10,000, maker of the greatest shorts for working out. Guys, if you like the show, please, again, support the sponsor so we can keep bringing you this content. Again, three styles of shorts, great fit, made by athletes. They have over 2,000 five-star reviews, 30-day return policy, and again, exclusive discount for listeners of the show. Go to 10,000.cc slash the fight. Thanks for it. Thank you to everyone. And a picture, for a picture, Ken in the shorts with a pint of Guinness in his hand to anybody who buys four pairs. And smoking a cigarette. No. No. <laughs> no. no. Thank you, guys. Guys, thanks for being with us. Take care. I